So why don't you just begin to relax? I noticed several people come early and they're sitting in the room. That's a really that's a really good practice. You're already in that posture and you've had silence and just a chance to relax. Most of us are kind of, you know, in between things and rushing around. It's really good to have that time to settle your body. So that's what we'll do now. Just relax. Let your hands rest comfortably in your lap. Palms can be face up or face down. If you're in a chair, let both feet be on the floor. Unless you're one of those people who can cross their legs on the seat of the chair. But you want to have contact with the earth. So if your feet are on the floor, you're more grounded. If your bottom's on the floor, if you're on the cushion. And then let your body be upright, but be comfortable. Work with your own posture. So if you lift up, lift up your spine, and then exhale and let your shoulders come down. You need to remind yourself during practice when you exhale to just drop your shoulders again. Because many of us, just our shoulders will inch up around our ears. And you want to find a posture where you feel that you are comfortable and you can let go of tension. It's much more important to be relaxed, to be at ease, than it is to be perfect in your posture. So just breathe. Breathe in and out through your nostrils if you can. And to help center yourself, you might want to start with a few deep breaths in and out, just to ground yourself, to center yourself. What we're doing when we meditate is trying to bring our bodies and our minds together. Usually our mind is off somewhere else. And we're just gently working with our minds. We're exploring and investigating ourselves. With each inhale, you can breathe in peace. And with each exhale, just let go, relax. Just let your body breathe. 
Don't try to force it. You can be aware of each breath. Each breath is different. Notice when one breath is deeper or another is more shallow. One breath may be short, the next may be longer. You can have your eyes closed, or if that's uncomfortable for you, you can just let your gaze move down closer, maybe to the floor in front of you. We're working with all of our senses. Even with our eyes closed, we probably still see light, maybe flashes of color. We can hear, we can smell, we can taste, and we have the sense of contact. You can feel your body on the chair or the cushion. You feel the clothes that you're wearing. You may feel the coolness of the air on your skin. And we also think of our mind as one of our senses. So you're thinking. You can be aware of your thoughts. Don't try to tell your brain to quit thinking. And don't try to push down the thoughts that arise. Just allow the thoughts to come and go. Be aware of them, but don't don't get involved with the thoughts. Just let them come and let them go. If you feed them with your attention, they'll keep coming back. They don't want to leave, but when you quit feeding them, they'll rise up, but then they'll pass away. And all you have to do is keep coming back to your breath. We begin with a short loving-kindness practice. Loving-kindness is a practice that you can do all the time. 
You can do it when you're driving or when you're just doing things around your house or even at work. And it can be a primary meditation practice. It helps us with anger and it helps us learn the importance of loving ourselves caring for ourselves and knowing how essential that is if we want to love others, if we want to send kindness and friendliness to others. So begin with yourself and send thoughts of kindness and friendliness Lots of us have deep pockets of self-hatred or judgment going on towards ourselves. It's hard to root that out sometimes. So consistently we have to start over again with ourselves. May I be well May I feel safe in this world. May I be content. May I know joy and happiness. And may I be peace. You can have your own thoughts that you want to send to yourself. Words of kindness and words of compassion for yourself. When we open our heart and mind to ourselves, then we're able to see how valuable that is and we see how important it is that other people can experience it as well. May I be well, may I feel safe, may I be content and know happiness and joy And may I live in peace. Peace within and peace outside of myself. Now think of those closest to you, your close friends, your noble friends, your family, your colleagues, your neighbors, 
may the people, and it can be animals as well, maybe the people and the creatures closest to me, may each one of them be well. both physically and mentally. May they be safe. May they all be content and know great happiness. And may each one of them live in peace. And now allow this quality to just radiate out from you and extend out to include and go beyond all living beings, not only on this planet, but anywhere throughout the universe, beyond our imaginations. Include all living beings, include difficult people, people you may even think of as enemies, include all beings, human and non-human, beings you can see, beings invisible to us. Let the quality of loving kindness, loving friendliness, just radiate out. May all beings everywhere be free from suffering and the causes of suffering. May they be free from fear and worry and anxiety, free from hunger and thirst and the extremes of climate change. May all beings everywhere be able to care for themselves or be cared for lovingly by others. And may all beings everywhere know peace.
Now just be aware, be with your breath. Be aware of anything rising up within you. And with each exhale, just relax. Notice if there's any aversion, you may have aversion to certain sounds. Notice if there's any desire, anything that you want. Be attentive to anything going on within you right now.
just be aware of what you discover. Just investigate, just look at it. You don't need to do anything about it other than just be aware of it. You may notice dullness, sluggishness, resentment, craving, Keep letting go of the thoughts and just stay with the awareness of what's going on, what's happening in you.
Now as we end our practice, may we remember, may the efforts of our practice not only be for our own benefit, but for the benefit of all living beings everywhere. Thank you. So let's do the chanting. Chanting begins on the fourth page of the book. You can join us. Namo tase bhagavato arehato sama sambuddhase Namo tase bhagavato arehato sama sambuddhase Namo tase bhagavato arehato sama sambuddhase Buddhang saranang gachami Dhammang saranang gachami Sangang saranang gachami Dutiyampi buddhang saranang gachami Dutiyampi damang saranang gachami Dutiyampi sangang saranang gachami Tatiyampi budang saranang gachami Tatiyampi damang saranang gachami Tatiyampi sangang saranang gachami Anicca vata sankara Upadevaya domino Upajitwa nirujanti Tesa upasamosuko Sape sata Avera hontu Sape santa Apya paja hontu Sape santa Anika hontu Sape santa Sukiyatanam pariharantu Mano pupa 
Gemadama Mano Seta Mano Maya Manasache Padutena Basatiwa Karotiwa Tato With a corrupted mind, one should either speak or act. Suffering follows caused by that, as does the wheel follow the ox's hoof. Mind is a forerunner of all states. Mind is chief. Mind made are they. If with a clear and confident mind, one should either speak or act. Happiness follows caused by that as one shadow that never leaves. We believe in generosity toward others. We believe the skillful, noble path is marked by generosity. We believe generosity has many levels. Think generously, speak generously, act generously. We believe generosity is the heart of our spiritual practice. And this practice allows us to become more open, accepting, and forgiving. We believe extending generosity to ourselves and others is a direct way of healing division, bringing joy, and nurturing the spiritual community for years to come. May I become, at all times, both now and forever, a protector for those without protection, a guide for those who have lost their way, a ship for those with an ocean to cross, a sanctuary for those in danger, a lamp for those without light, a place of refuge for those who lack shelter, and a servant to all in need. By means of this meritorious deed, May I never join with the unwise, only the wise, until the time I attain Nibbana. So it's, I, can, I can't see faces with my glasses on and I can't see words with them off. So um, I had 
I had uh, a really short story that I wanted to, a little tale from a book that Gil Fronsdale wrote that just really hit me. And I love Gil's teachings and I love his books and he's, uh, he's in California. So he's, uh, this is from his book called The Monastery Within, tells tales from the Buddhist path. And it's very short. And then I have another tiny little quote that was from, uh, uh, Ashin Tejaniya, Upandita. Uh, he's one of the Burmese monks. So he is, he, he does a daily, uh, Tejaniya and I love it. And so yesterday as I was trying to weed through my email, just kind of chopping all the weeds. I always try to look for some actual email that's either to me by a real person or other a couple of other good things that I like to get and read. And he's always one I try to get. And he just does a quote every day. And he's he's still alive and in Burma. So he's he uh, he's a great teacher. And his books, all of his books, are free. And you can get everything he's ever written for free, and they pay the shipping and send it. So <clears throat> he's a he's a he's a very he's great. His books are good too. So there was a little quote that I found from him yesterday that is exactly about the story that Gil wrote, and it was exactly I'm going to add that one too. But I'll start with Gil's little story. It's called Beyond Here and Now. And the, A Monastery Within is just a, uh, a, a book of very short little, either a quote or most, a lot are stories. And he's imagining them being set in a temple. He was a, he was a monk in Asia for about 10 years in different countries. And so he's, he's writing, uh, he uses a, a character, the abbess, which I love that it's an abbess instead of an abbot. The abbess of the temple, it's, uh, she's either having contact with people or they come to her with questions. So this is her temple with mostly monks and nuns who are just practicing and living in the temple. So that's, that's the context of uh, the structure of the book. <clears throat> A mother of young children came to the abbess and said, A traveling teacher recently taught that all our difficulties will go away if we would be fully in the present moment. This can't be right. I watch my children, and so often they are too much in the present moment. When it is time for school, they don't get ready because they're absorbed in whatever they are playing in the moment. When I walk them to school, they stop to enjoy the flowers, the bugs, the sticks, and rocks they find along the way. My kids need to learn something else besides being in the moment. (laughs) Otherwise, I can't manage my job as a parent. We've all had that feeling. Or about ourselves, right? Or our partners or (laughs) any family members. The abbess replied, It is unfortunate that some Buddhist teachers, and I'm going to say, like the majority of us, the majority of Buddhist teachers, uh, controversial, but I like this, I like this a lot if we read it through. 
The abbess replied, It is unfortunate that some Buddhist teachers overemphasize the present moment. It's as if the present moment is their Buddhist god. It's true the present moment is the wellspring for all things good. But if we aren't careful, it can also be the wellspring for all things ill. That the point of Buddhism is not to be in the present moment. The practice is to be aware of the present moment enough so we can address our clingings as they are occurring. Your kids know how to be present, but they aren't old enough to notice how they get attached. As they get older, they'll become less focused on their present moment experience, and if they are taught well, they will simultaneously become more and more aware of how they cling. Peace is found through not clinging. So um, I, I tried to address a little bit of that in the meditation this morning. Just the, you know, we know we know that we're looking for peace. We're looking for what 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 causes us not to be peaceful. What ultimately causes us not to be peaceful? Attachment, right? Our attachment uh, and. Craving comes just before that attachment. Craving in the in in you know the dependent origination, the craving comes just before clinging. Once we're clinging, we're stuck. It's we're we're there, and it's very hard to get rid of it. The only time we can actually notice <clears throat> is when we're paying attention in the present. In the present moment, we're aware of what's going on. So, I'm gonna have to. <clears throat> so the attachment. Once we have that attachment, we cling to things. We lose. We lose any chance for happiness, because when we're clinging and we're getting what we're clinging to, we're happy. But then there's a fear of losing it or that somebody's going to take it away from us, or that something's going to happen, which it always does, because the other truth is that things are always changing. So once we get to that clinging stage, we have a lot of work to do. It's like, you know, when Velcro gets stuck on hair or something, and you've got to, it, it, you, could, you almost have to cut your hair off, or, you know, you, it's really painful to, to uncling anything stuck in Velcro. And we're like that. So the peace that we are looking for has is the peace of not clinging to things, letting being aware of the nature of reality. So the only time we can really see that is if we are being aware in the present moment. And I did always think, you know, we all and I've said it a million times, we have to be in the present moment. We have to live in the present moment. But if we're living in the present moment and just doing whatever the, you know, whatever we want to do, we're not being aware. Or it's, oh, in the present moment, I'm, I really am loving this chocolate cake, to use Todd's example. So in the present moment, I'm loving it, I'm enjoying it. So in this present moment, I'm just going to keep eating it. And then, the ne- you know, 
there's no, if we're in the present moment having a wild, desirous time, we, we're not being aware of our gradual attachment to it. We're just being aware of how good it is, how good it feels. And that's how this present moment, being in the present moment, can also be the beginning of the worst. So I think this point is so important. When I read this and I got it, I thought, I don't know if I've ever really understood this this clearly. This is not just, okay, we're just going to be in the moment, so just, just, you know, just get suck everything out of the moment that we can, and we... We may not be here the next moment, uh, but it's so much more than that. It's more that every moment we are paying attention to what's going on between us and the world, between us and you know whatever we're in contact with. And the only way we have contact with anything, of course, is through our five senses plus the sixth sense, which is the mind, and we we talk about that a lot in the Buddhist teachings. That sixth sense is very important because that's how all these things start connecting. So, when did you have your hand up? Yeah. Uh-huh. Sure. That, that, that space where it's pure is wonderful because it's not pure for very long, right? Because either desire or aversion comes up or that state where we don't really know we're numbed out, which is ignorance. So though usually everything is going between the, the three feelings that we have. It's, there's desire, which pulls us to something. And there's uh, aversion, which pushes us away from it. And ignorance, which is usually, uh, I don't know, I'm not paying attention. So sometimes maybe eating that cake is just, I don't know, it's just right here in front of me, so I'm just doing this. Uh, other times we, we can just have the joy of something and then be able to let go of it. So if So even with eating the joy can quickly turn to overeating, right, when it's too much. and we, Then we start having the sensations that let us know it's too much. Then we're, uh, done with that. So, of course, guilt. <laughs> right, yeah, that's true. We're either, we're either obsessing over whether it's healthy or not, or, oh, I love this. I'm eating this anyway, but I shouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then uh, you know, I know a couple of people who do t- uh, sleep eating. And usually it's because they're taking a sleep medication like Ambien. But I know a few people who do it without taking any kind of sleep aid. And, and I've wondered once in a while, is that because people are so guilty about what they're eating when they're conscious that they figured out a way to <laughs> get, a, 
get up and chop things up and put things in blenders and <laughs> make all the eat uh, wake up with chocolate cake all over the bed, you know. <laughs> so that fits in with the, what you're talking about, Julie. Uh, yeah, we we've learned we've we've moderation is something that was often not there. Or okay, like I don't eat this food very often, so when I do eat it, it's okay if I pig out on it because it's yeah we hold it we it's kind of a reward and punishment thing so that awareness has to be all the time so in the in the present moment we we aren't living in it we need to be aware of it and start like every moment is an opportunity to do what we think of in a meditation where we sit down and have, this is my time for meditation. I'm going to be aware of everything. Well, the real, the real practice is to start being aware as we're doing things, as we're going through our day. And be aware of that pull to... Uh, and desire can just be things like, I just want another piece of that chocolate cake. Or it can be, I want... I want you know, I'm sitting in a perfectly comfortable place, uh, and I notice that my neighbor just bought new patio furniture, and I can be sitting and enjoying the day and think, ah, oh, I think I probably need a more comfortable patio chair. And I think Costco had some on sale. I have to look at that. <laughs> and right when we're sitting there with the birds and the beautiful day, really our minds are you know, how can I get, how, can I really afford it? Do I really need it? Is my patio big? Let me get it. You know, we, our minds are doing that. In one second, we can get veered off into that kind of thinking. So the real, the real practice is catching those things, just catching it, not punishing ourselves about it, but just catching it. Like, wow, that didn't take long, did it, for my mind to... I'm ready for a shopping trip now. And that's as bad as the, the the food. I mean that's and we may never go shopping, but we've had a little we've entertained ourselves with a oh, I want that, or I see something they have and it looks so nice. So if it really switches the uh I, I mean I can't ever again think about talking about being in the present moment without changing it to we need to be aware in every moment because this is going this this process of getting us to start clinging to things is what our body and our mind want us to do but we know we are not our thoughts we know we are not our bodies we know we're not any of those things that make up what we think of the five aggregates we call those components the body the feelings the uh, the thoughts, our, our perceptions, and consciousness. Those are not, that's not who we are. But this process is always going on because of the three poisons, which, which are, not the three poisons, the, the uh, anicca, anatta, and dukkha. So those are the three truths of, for all living things. There's suffering, which we sometimes call stress, some teachers call it translated as stress. And there's a, a change. Everything's changing all the time. Nothing stays the same. 
And then there's the, the concept of self that we become way over attached to, thinking we're this self. So those are the things that are in operation in the world for all living things. And those five aggregates that we think, that's what we think makes us, that we're made up of, are actually not us. But those are the things that are always trying to get us to attach to things, to cling to things, because they want it, that, that part of us wants things to be permanent, wants it to last forever. And that just, that can't happen. So that awareness in the present moment is the only chance we get to catch that desire or that aversion or that sluggishness. That's the only chance we get to catch it before it might go to the next stage, which is, okay, now now the Velcro's got you. Now you're stuck. Now you're clinging. And clinging is a much more, uh, much more difficult. And that, that can be, you know, we're probably still clinging to stuff we, we learned as a baby. And uh, maybe some, from a different life even. So the, the possibility we have to work with that is only in that moment. Because that moment's gone and we forget about it. We don't feel, we're not, we're not being aware of the feeling. So um, that's, that's what I wanted to share with you. Because I think for me it just like made everything kind of twist a little differently. And I was, I've been excited about it since I read that. So I wanted to share that with you. And then I wanted to read uh, Sayadaw Utejaniya's quote. Meditation isn't about trying to get rid of what's, ha- of what's happening. It's about recognizing what's happening. So he's essentially saying the same thing in that first sentence. Meditation isn't about trying to get rid of what's happening. It's about recognizing what's happening. So, once you recognize craving, your work is to observe it, not to judge yourself for having it or trying to push it away. If you can, take a little time out to watch it. Just watch it. And usually... Very often, when we just begin to watch, watch this, that's enough for it to go away. Doesn't always happen, but if we consistently just, oh, here, I'm, I'm craving, there's something I'm craving. Like, I don't want to let go of this, or I, don't, or I want more of this, or uh, what I've got isn't good enough, so I want to, I'm looking for something else. So, don't, beat on yourself. Like our first reaction might be, there I go again, I'm just such a dummy. And if you know someone who's really caught up in beating on themselves, you'll hear them do this over and over and over. Oh, I know I'm just stupid. Oh, I know I can't do anything right. And uh, that's, that's, that's the opposite of how we should be looking at things. We should be generate some energy by saying, I want to look at this. I just want to pay attention to this for another minute. This is fascinating. I'm learning something about myself. And do it in a very positive way of looking at it. Uh, oh, I hadn't seen this before. I hadn't noticed it. I'm going to have to look and see. wonder what comes before that reaction. 
I wonder how I get out of it once I'm in it. So it just can start with noticing right in the moment, right when it's happening. So I think those, I, I was so happy that Tejaniya, he never lets me down. He's always, I'm always reading something in his quote that's something I'm looking at or trying to work with on myself at the same time. So that's what I wanted to share with you today. And uh, thank you. I'll turn it over to Tyler. Can you guys hear me? Is it on? It is. Hi, everybody. I'm Tyler. Do we have any new folks here today? If so, would you raise your hand and introduce yourself if you feel comfortable? Wow. No new people or a lot of shyness. I'm not sure which, but we'll go either, we'll go either way. A um, few things to talk about. <clears throat> One is, uh, by now, I think everybody knows that we're uh, continuing to experiment with um, uh, grades of success at the farmer's market, and it's getting better and better. If you've not had a Sri Lankan pancake yet, they're addictive. So please uh, find your way over to our booth after meditation on every Saturday until the middle of October when the farmer's market ends, and we'd love to have you there. There's also the opportunity to sign up and volunteer for positions, so watch for that in our newsletter and on our website. The uh, couple of big things, this is, um, I'm, I'm pushing dates out a little bit, but it's uh, uh, save the date kind of a thing. So we're going to do a um, Blue Lotus potluck style picnic at the Emerson Park on August 13th from 11 to 3. So uh, watch for the uh, more details on this, but uh, on August 13th we'll do a picnic at Emerson Park, so we'd love to see you there. And then we have... Um, a lot going on around here. So we have the precept ceremony in October. You're going to start seeing some stuff about that. Those of you who've been around a while know kind of how we do that. This year, our goal is to have um, the unveiling and the dedication of our new Buddha statue, which, if you've not seen it, is wrapped up in tarps outside in the parking lot, finally. Uh, we're going to do those hopefully on the same day, uh, depending on... Um, the environment and the weather and the historical commission and permits and the way cement dries. So if all of those things move into alignment, you'll see one thing big event at the end of October. Uh, speaking of permits, yesterday we had our permits officially approved by the city, so you're going to start to see some movement around the building. We're beginning with tuck pointing, which is really, really dirty and messy. Uh, the entire outside of the building is going to be re-tuck pointed. Uh, it's a very, very big undertaking, but we're going to keep the entrances and the exits uh, at, for the very last thing. So even if you see a lot of... Uh, you know, grids and things hanging around the building, the entrances will still be available until you see a sign that says they're not, and then we will be redirecting you into the doorway that will work. So pay attention to some of that. We're also having an open house here on August 26th uh, from 11 to 1 after the Saturday meditation, so watch for that. Um, I want to give a shout out to Bonte. Uh, he really, really wanted a little library in the front. Uh, and so we were uh, really lucky that Erin and her family uh, helped build and create this wonderful now uh, little library sharing that we have out front. It's out there. It's built. It's beautifully painted. So go check it out on your way out today. And take a book and feel free to bring a book too. So how cool that we get to offer that to the community. Thank you for Bonte for cheering that on until it finally got done. Uh, and then the, uh, the last but not least thing is we simply continue to have need for people to uh, volunteer. Uh, generosity is how we run this place. So 
through uh, our, our collective efforts, we get a lot of our things done. So watch for stuff. Talk with Tessa. Talk with Rebecca. Um, watch our bulletin board for QR codes you could take a picture of. We do have a lot of things starting to stack up that we're going to be looking for volunteers for. So we'd be grateful uh, for your energy in that. Uh, and that's all I got. Oh, yep. Julie. Hi, Julie. Our Buddha Kids leader. Awesome. Thank you, Julie. And Bonte just reminded me the big thing I was supposed to announce and totally blew off is, um, do you remember prior to the pandemic, annually, we would very, uh, very regularly have full moon meditations. We did it at various properties around the area. We did it at Emerson Park. Um, we're bringing those back. Post-pandemic, we're coming back to our full moon meditations. And so Bonte is in Sri Lanka right now. For those of you who don't know, he's really been struggling medically. So send him your love if you get a chance. He's uh, doing better and on the mend, but has gone through a rough summer. So he's going to be back uh, in August, and on August 30th is the second full moon in August. So uh, Bonte is going to lead the full moon meditation Wednesday, August 30th from 7 to 8, and it's going to be out at Hackmatack Retreat in Richmond. So watch for details on that. We'd really love to have you. It'll be a beautiful night, and uh, it's, it's just always uh, way more magical than you expect. So consider coming to that if you can. Thanks, everybody.